Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are on, I don't know what it is, building blocks 20 probably by about now. Um, but this time we decided to make it just a little bit more lighthearted, not so scientific, and go into our top 10 tips for success. So these might seem a bit broad um, and maybe a little bit obvious. Um, but I think that um, as we get into a discussion about them, you'll understand more and more why why these are the things that we want you to be focused on. So real quick, just um, when I have everybody say hi. <laughs> um, you don't have to say a lot about yourself, but um, you know, if you're new to this um, webinar, I'm Susie, Susie Glassman. Um, I... Uh, I've been around for a while. I, you know, definitely enjoy coaching everyone, and I am excited to go through these tips with you. So, um, Amber. Hey guys, I'm Amber, and I am in Tennessee, which it's not too cold. I know you guys keep talking about in your journals about how freezing it is where majority of people are, but I'm headed to Chicago next week, so I'm gonna have to break out like my long underwear and <laughs> all my jackets and hats and scarves and gloves and everything when I head to Chicago next week. Anyway. Yes. I was gonna say that the two main topics that keep coming up over and over again in my reviews are how cold it is and how sick everyone is. Sick. So, Everybody's sick, yeah. I know. So if you're sick right now, you are not alone. Trust me, like every other client has something, right? Um, all right, Ed, your turn. Yeah, hey everyone. So yeah, I'm Coach Ed. I've been around for about two years now. Um, I'm enjoying the nice weather now. We're actually getting some nice weather. I'm in Pennsylvania. Last two days, I think we got to the 60s. A week ago, it was like negative 10. Uh, supposed to drop back down to like zero degrees or so tonight. So not looking forward to that. but um yeah have a bachelor's degree in exercise science for those that are new here and uh yeah we're going to go over some pretty good tips to help you um along your journey for whatever you're trying to go after yeah if you're curious ed is on the east coast and i am in colorado so i feel like the weather that we have i send it I send it their way <laughs> so it is about to get really cold um it was like negative 10 yesterday my kids were on an hour and a half school delay which is very, very rare um, here where I live. So um, so it's coming if you are east of Denver. All right, so let's get started. Um, I think like the first five or so, um, the order could be uh, debated a bit on, you know, um, but I will say as we get into like five, four, three, two, one, I would say that those are definitely um, ranked a bit according to how important we think they are. And then maybe these, you know, 10 through six or seven are a little bit kind of all of either equal importance or or maybe, you know, one is slightly more important than the other, um, you know, but kind of take it for what it's worth. And we will have, you know, some time for questions at the end. If you are questioning any of these things or anything we say brings up a question in your head, um, you can type it out. For those of you who haven't joined us before, just um, there's a little raised hand. You can type your question in there. You aren't able to talk. Everyone is muted on this, um, but you can type out questions and we will get to them at the end. Okay, so number 10, um, we have, so does the exercise align with your goal? Um, so this is one thing, and I'll have Ed and Amber comment too, um, but basically, you know, take a step back and think about what you really want from your exercise. So um, are you looking for, you know, specific muscle gains? Are you looking to body composition by adding lean body mass? Um, are you really just training for aesthetics? You want to lose some weight? Maybe you want to see some abs <laughs> like like everybody. Um, are you training to increase your cardio, your endurance? Are you a marathon runner, a triathlete? Um, and then, you know, or is it specifically just, you know, just fat loss? And so you simply just want to look better, feel better, um, you know, wear a smaller pant size, um, that sort of thing. And, and the reason why I think this is important is that I often see people who are um, like that last comment, kind of trying to ride two horses with one butt, <laughs> as they say, um, because you can't go after muscle gain and fat loss at the same time. 
Um, you're going to have to have periods of dieting breaks um, in order to do that. So I'll see some people say it'll look like, um, you know, I want fat loss, but I also want to PR my deadlift. <laughs> so um, those are things where, you know, maybe your exercise doesn't align with your goal. Um, and that's where I would talk to your coach about that. So um, Ed, talk about the importance of this a little bit more. Yeah, so the main thing is you want to have some specific goal to what you're trying to get to. So if you do, if you do uh, like non-specific exercises or non-specific training, you're going to get non-specific results. So if your goal is to be really good at powerlifting, you want to focus just on powerlifting or, or mainly powerlifting. If your goal is to be really good at CrossFit, you want to do a lot of CrossFit, a lot of wads. Um, so you want to figure out what you want to be good at and then prioritize that type of training. So um, if your goal is just to get healthier, just um, to feel better, get a little bit stronger and just be healthier, doing some compound lifts, which is utilizing multiple muscle groups um, to lift weights, uh, you want to do those. That's their compound lifts. So um, that's going to help you get a lot of strength. You want to do a little bit of cardio for cardioprotective benefits for your heart. And um, that's kind of what you want to do. You want to figure out what's important to you and then just prioritize that type of training. Yes. I often think that people don't spend enough time um, trying to really figure out what it is they want from the exercise they're doing. Um, and a lot of times I can tell because maybe you're jumping programs or, you know, you did this for a little while and now you're going to go do that. And maybe you do a, or maybe you do a little bit of everything. Um, and so. I think that taking a step back and really like focusing on, okay, I'm going to spend this much time um, in the gym or whatever. What do I want to get out of that? And how am I going to measure my progress? Right. Um, Amber, talk about that a little more. Sure. I mean, having a, a roadmap, it's like you get in your car to drive. You have to have some destination of where you're going and a path to get there. If you just get in your car and aimlessly wander around town, how do you know if you've ever reached your destination? What, you know, so having that plan of I'm going to do, you know, X, Y and Z to achieve this goal. And then, you know, the next few things to achieve the next goal. So you can, you know, achieve fat loss and you can achieve muscle gain. We just can't do it at the same time kind of thing. And I think the biggest hurdle for people is that they're they're doing the act, some sort of activity and it's not eliciting the response that they want. So um, if you can think about it, um, goodness, I don't know, you're, you're wanting to acu acquire or get something, uh, but you've got to have enough money to do it. So if I'm working some sort of job that's not making very much money, it's going to take me a lot longer to get there. So uh, um, finding a path that gets you to your goals. So if I want to gain muscle or become stronger then running five miles every day isn't the path to get there. So talking to your coach, I think is, is so important. Having that discussion of here's what I want. I, I want this. How do I get to this? And then being open to that instead of no, but being open to having that discussion with your coach can help you achieve your goals and really get you where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. I was going to, um, when you said being open to that, I think that is part of the key because if you've been doing the same exercise for a long time, um, and you haven't gotten to what your goal is, I think you need to be open to possible changes. So um, you may be married to what it is you're doing and all your best friends do it. And, you know, that's you're never going to give that up in your life. And that's totally fine. But we may need to think of some ways, um, you know, maybe with your food and nutrition or maybe with um, some cross training type exercises or maybe some additional um, open gym time so we can kind of get you on a better path. So um, don't be afraid to bring that up first and foremost and then make sure that you're thinking about it. The other thing you can do um, is take out a calendar and figure out certain, um, you know, if, unless you're, you know, training for competitions or things like that. Um, the way that we train, we don't train like, you know, for an off season or some downtime. But you do want to have that in your year if you're looking for um, 
incorporating fat loss cycles. So I would say, you know, these months of the year, I'm really focused on my training. And then these months of the year, I'm going to focus on fat loss. Um, and that will make it a bit easier um, when you are looking at your exercise to know like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to CrossFit as much while I'm in fat loss. But ultimately, fat loss is like eight weeks, 10 weeks. Um, and I will see all my friends in class <laughs> once I get more feedback, things like that. I mean, I'm, you know, it was just sort of an example. So anything else on this slide, Amber or Ed? Mm -mm. No. Okay. So let's go to number nine, plan ahead. Um, this could also be uh, much further up in the list, um, but we have a lot of good tips here. So um, I will say, especially if you're new, this is the number one way to start hitting your macros. Um, figure out what you're going to eat in advance and stick to it. So planning your day out um, in um, whatever food tracker you use ahead of time. Um, keeps you from having to wing it. And I promise you that winging it just never works. Um, prep your protein on the weekends. Uh, make a grocery list you know, during the week things you need. Um, figure out what timing works best for you. So I had a lot of comments in journals this morning about people who were waiting too long to start eating. Um, and we're ending up with too many macros at night. Um, and if that's happening to you, then maybe you need to just start eating a bit earlier in the day. Um, and then here, you know, search for recipes. Um, if you're one of those who likes a lot of variation in your meals, uh, we have the meal planning group. Um, and you can also take a peek at other food blogs. So luckily, our community community is super generous. Um, and if you post your macros out there and, and say, you know, I'm looking for someone with similar macros um, whose diary I can follow, um, you will get responses um, from people who are more than willing to share you know, what it is that they eat to hit your macros. So, um, Amber, what else do you have to say about planning ahead? So a couple of tips that I use is, uh, or that I do, is buying frozen vegetables. Buy a ton of them. You'll find bags of them for 99 cents. So, man, I will fill up that grocery cart and shove that in the freezer. That's a fantastic emergency stash of vegetables. Easy to go to with dinners. I also buy canned vegetables. So I'm covered on both ends if something happens for options with the family, whether right. they want beans or we're having, you know, Brussels sprouts, whatever it is. Those are huge go to's that even if I do plan and kind of like shit hits the fan, I've got, I still got some great options. Mm -hmm. um, having those things readily available. I do. I go to the grocery one time in the week, make a giant food list and prep one time on the weekend. I'm crazy busy with three kids and a million different things to where all food is made. You just pull it out. So I can do my food log the night before. I can pull out my salmon, my rice, my whatever, measure it, weigh it, and have it ready to go the next day. But I've got it in bulk in the fridge, which takes a ton of stress off figuring out during the day what we're going to have for dinner that night. So cooking ahead or making a grocery list, going to the store, buying a ton of stuff, having some of those uh, back pocket plan options for you to um, have in that emergency situation have been tremendously helpful for me. And I would encourage you guys to do that too. But I, I cook it all at one time. So that's my big tip that saves, I mean, like keeps my sanity. Yes. Super helpful. What about you, Ed? Yeah. So I, I really like what you both said. Uh, meal prepping on the weekend for an hour or so is going to save everyone a lot of time. Most people do in, in the community. So I would say just to add on to what both of you said is just plan out when you're planning, do center it around your protein. So try to input your protein first because that's always the hardest one to do. Usually takes the longest to prepare. And then just try to find staples in your diet. So things that you really like for each, um, macronutrient like isolated so something just really high in protein low in carbs and fats something really high in carbs really low in fats and then same thing for fats just low in proteins and uh, carbs so um i think just figuring out what you want for meats is like prep those and then just have like easy sources of carbs like rice potatoes oats quinoa uh, vegetables fruits things like that um all pretty low in proteins and fats and then for fats, that, that could be easy, like guacamole, uh, nut butters, nuts, seeds, like chia, flax, pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, um, all those things. And then like oils and butter to cook. 
So as long as you get your protein in first and then plan your carbs and uh, fats around that, you'll be fine. Yeah, I totally agree with you um, on that one. And then another thing that maybe most people don't think about, um, I was actually working with my daughter's dance teacher. And um, we have a dance competition this weekend and it's you know Friday evening, all of Saturday and all of Sunday. Um, so whether maybe it's dance or maybe it's tournaments or maybe it's you know you're on the road for an entire weekend. So how do you plan ahead for that? Um, my biggest suggestion for that um, is finding go-to places where you know you can get some protein, um, you know, for you know relatively low fat. <laughs> so you know, I was telling her the grilled chicken at Chick Fil A is one of my go-tos. They also have fruit, um, Chipotle. Um, you know, typically I you know I live in a bigger city, but I can find one, um, you know, relatively close to where I am. Um, there's also like Qdoba or some other places where you can, you know, get rice and some lean protein. Um, but think about, you know, fast food options. It happens. Um, Subway, you might be able to find a decent meal at Subway. Um, even Wendy's, I think, you know, everybody has some sort of a grilled chicken option. Um, you know, skip the French fries, see if there's a healthier alternative, um, you know, other than French fries. Um, gas stations now have protein bars um, or even, you know, protein shake like substances <laughs> in the um, refrigerated section. Um, you know, so knowing that you're going to be out of town um, and then you can even look up, you know, where this sporting tournament is and see what restaurants are around it. Um, and so the more you plan for those things, um, I'm not going to say you're going to be perfect um, or you aren't going to end up with a bunch of parents out at, you know, <laughs> chilies or something. But, um, you know, the more you can kind of plan for at least a few of your meals, um, the less like that one meal that's really off is, is going to be an issue. Um, any tips for travel, Ed? Uh, yeah. I mean, what I like to do for traveling, um, well, for me, because I don't really travel all that often, if I do, it's for vacations. Uh, but I, what I would like to do and what I do recommend a lot of people do is try to have a lot of meals very low in carbohydrates and fats, try to have really high protein uh, meals, and then try to add in a lot of vegetables around that so you stay satiated. And then when you do go out to eat, if you do go out to eat, um, you'll have a lot of carbs and fats. So it'll be very hard for you to um, overindulge and get in too many calories. I know when I went to summer camp with the rest of Eats of Perform staff, um, that's kind of what was what I did and I've, I've followed that since. So a lot of high protein uh, meals, maybe ate twice before four o'clock, but it was just like protein and then um, carbs and fats and I had a few drinks and I came back two pounds lighter um, than, than what I went in with. So that was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's always nice. And another thing you can do, I always do on date night, um, is I just, I skip breakfast and then maybe have a light lunch, um, uh, or, you know, have a, have a lunch that's really mainly just protein or very protein heavy. Um, and then save all my carbs and fats for dinner. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to go on to the next one just because we have time to get through here. So tip number eight, communication. I talked about this in the Facebook post today. Um, this right over here is your journal, um, but basically talking to your coach. Um, so use the journal for your workouts and your general feelings, um, and then message your coaches for more specific questions. So um, Emma sends you a reminder before each and every review. So when you get that reminder, um, don't just ignore it, um, especially if you haven't sent us an update. Um, use that reminder as a, oh, you know, I need to let Coach Amber know how this week is going, or I need to let her know why I didn't log the last two days, you know? Um, and then, you know, kind of nothing's off limits in a way. Like, if you're frustrated, if you hate ETP, if you're like, oh, this is not, you know, anything you want to say, say it. Like, just get it out there because that's the only way we can work through it. Um, I'm going to go to Amber. Um, Tell me no. your thoughts. Yeah, communication is huge. It takes two. This is your plan. We are here to help guide you, um, give you suggestions, ideas, and, and put you on the best path. But we can't do that without your input, without your thoughts, without your feelings, without your feedback. So when you say uh, nothing's off limits, how do you feel? How's recovery? How's your energy? How's your mood? Uh, if you know things are in the shitter at home, then you're probably not meeting your macros. 
So instead of me telling you hit green or, you know, let's hear some food ideas, let's talk about what's going on instead so that we can be on the same page. So I ask that a ton um, of all the individuals that I have is help me help you. So let's let's get on the same page together. Where are we at? Whether that's, you know, planning out a fat loss cycle, we've got vacation and we're, you know, mapping it out. We're talking about it or, you know, you we just need a little love, hug and support right now kind of thing. So it's a big one. Yeah, for sure. Ed, any thoughts on this? Yeah, just uh, the people that I work with who have the best success for, are the people who are who talk the most to me. So maybe they have a vacation coming up. They want they want to know the best way to handle that. They let me know how they're feeling in terms of energy recovery, how they're sleeping, if they're high anxiety, if they're feeling full, um, if they're hungry. All of those things are really important to us. So if you're not communicating with us, we don't really know. And we try to we should be trying to figure out what's going on. But it's hard if you're not communicating with us. So definitely let us know how you're feeling. We want to make this work for you. And we know it can work. We just need good communication. Yep, exactly. So. Not much more to say on that. <laughs> um, track consistently. So um, my number one tip on this slide is that weekends matter. Um, and I'm going to say, I, you know, when we see someone, um, you know, on track most of the time and then, you know, Saturday and Sunday go unlogged. Um, you know, if you're in performance recomp and your way to study, not a big deal. Um, but if you're in fat loss, those weekends matter. Um, or, you know, if you don't track your weekends or you know that you're not tracking them fully um, or you're not, you know, leaving a note about, well, you know, I, you know, we went out with friends. I couldn't track it. Um, you know, we when we see these, you know, small weight trends going up over time um, and we see, you know, kind of these weekends consistently not tracked, um, you know, that that could be holding you back. And I know it's super frustrating. You know, to lose two pounds during the week only to gain it back on the weekend and to just repeat that cycle over and over and over again. So I'm going to say for success, weekends matter um, and track it all. So, uh, again, this is more of like a fat loss thing. Um, but if you're in a performance recomp and your weight is going up, um, it could also be a weekends or maybe you're just not tracking at all. And I never, ever want to accuse someone of like mm, not tracking at all. Um, but, you know, if you're consistently grabbing a few fries off your kid's plate or, you know, finishing off, you know, some uh, chicken nugget your kid didn't eat or I mean, I, I have two kids. So that's why I, my mind immediately goes there. I'll eat the goldfish out of there, out of the bowl. You know, um, it, you'll be surprised the calories that add up in those, um, you know, potentially anywhere from 100 to 300 calories can be um, consumed on just these little bites here and there. Um, weigh and measure your food. I mean, I know this seems super obvious, but, um, you know, if you're just used to eyeballing it, um, and if you're new, I would say don't eyeball it. Um, be exact. Uh, so, and then, um, part of what helps you track consistently for over time, like for years, is taking breaks from it. So vacations, birthdays, holidays, um, if you're in performance recon, potentially not tracking that super day. Um, and then, you know, plan fat loss for a time when you know that you're going to be able to track consistently. So you're not going to be at parties that, um, you know, are impossible to track or lots of extravagant meals that you can't track, vacations that you can't track, that sort of thing. Um, Amber, thoughts on, on this piece of it? I think this is tough. This is like when you're in a workout. This is the grind. This is going consistently to the gym or this is holding that steady pace it is not sexy it's not and it's not nobody thinks gosh I want to be the most consistent person I want that award but this is what gets results at the end of the day so if you are consistent we talked about uh, last building blocks habits and a one percent rule so we can work to be one percent better we can you can also we can go the other way we could be one percent I don't want to say worse, but 1% headed the other direction. So where do you want to go? If you want to head towards achieving your goals, then let's take that 1% and be super consistent. So more days on plan than off is typically what I say um, in a review, which you're, you're looking for, in order to work toward your goal. If you want to work away from your goal, then flip-flop that. But that's not where we're headed. So consistency is just the 
key to success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't want anyone to confuse consistency with perfection. Um, we don't expect you to be perfect, um, certainly not all the time, but get in that habit of tracking it even when it's not perfect. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's like, I messed up today, I'm just going to track anything. <laughs> Go ahead and track it or do the best you can at tracking it. Um, we don't expect perfection. So don't think that, that consistency and perfection are the same thing because they're not. Ed, any comments? Yeah, I think um, just being honest about tracking your stuff, sometimes people will just fill in and get, they'll be greens, but then their weight's up five pounds after the weekend every single weekend. And you're like, well, what's going on? So, um, you know, just just log it. Just be honest. If you're away, just say you estimated if that's really what happened. Uh, but, you know, we're not looking for perfection. I think that we're a lot different than pretty much everyone else in the industry. Um, if you if it's your if you're going on vacation, if it's your birthday, your anniversary, something like that, just let us know. Um, almost always we're going to say just go and have a good time, um, unless you're in fat loss, obviously, but then you probably shouldn't be in fat loss uh, with these events coming up um, it, as long as unless you can stay on track. But we do want you to enjoy um, those moments in your life and not be so strict on a plan because we just don't think that's sustainable. Um, so, yeah, you want to find what's most sustainable, be honest and, you know, enjoy vacations, birthdays, anniversaries, celebrations, stuff like that. Right. And don't don't feel guilty no. when you just have an off day. There's yeah. no reason to feel guilty. We all have those days. You're human. Mm -hmm. OK, so let's go on to managing stress. So some people don't realize that stress can cause a huge impact on your weight. So when you are under consistent stress, um, when your body is um, under more stress than its ability to recover from that stress, um, you will see weight gain or it will make um, weight loss very, very difficult. Um, and I think this gets underestimated a lot um, in comments from people because um, on my end, I can see, OK, well, you're moving <laughs> and you're, you know, you're having, um, you know, you're changing jobs or, you're, you know, your boss is after you or, you know, and all of these things actually will take a toll on your body and you may not it's not like you're got a virus and you feel sick um but stress can kind of you know do the same sort of things to you so how do you manage stress um you know sometimes it's just going to be a season that you're in and there's nothing you can do about it you have a baby that wakes up nine times a night <laughs> not anything you can do about it so talk with your coach um, you know, we understand if this is a season that you're going through and maybe we just need to manage the stress, um, um, getting you weight stable through uh, uh, something as stressful as a job change or a big move um, is a huge win. Um, so, you know, making yourself a priority, learning how to say no, all those sorts of things that you, you already know about it. But, um, you know, I, I'll let Ed and Amber talk about some of the things they do to manage stress, but um, exercise stress is one of those. Um, so maybe if you're trying to work out twice a day and three times on the weekends, um, maybe your body's not able to recover from that stress, um, especially if you're working out that hard and not getting enough sleep um, and then you stop seeing results. Um, it could be exercise stress. Um, and then try, don't play on fat loss during stressful life events. And that's, I said, if you can help it, obviously there's gonna be things that come up that you don't know about um but don't try to to do fat loss um i keep using move and as, as an example but i have a client who's moving um you know things like that um that you know are just going to be difficult to get through um uh amber how do you manage your stress um trying to be as prepared as possible so talking about planning my meals on the weekend helps because i don't know about you guys but at the end of the day, I've got four people that turn and look at me and are like, well, what's for dinner? And it's like, well, I don't know. What do you want to make? <laughs> so, you know, having something prepared and planned helps reduce my stress with that. Um, exercise is great, too. I have been um, recording some TV shows and then watching them later on the weekends or some other time so I can go to bed at a reasonable hour. Um, that helps me tremendously um, getting enough sleep. And I I mean, I think the biggest one is setting aside some one-on-one -on -one time with my husband helps bring me down to neutral. I tend to be in overdrive like 99.9% .9 of the day. 
Like I don't, I don't have a lot of speeds. Like there's either go or stop. So um, having that one-on-one -on -one time with him helps, you know, review my day and, and bring me back down to neutral to where my stress level instantly comes down, just talking through different events or issues that I'm having throughout the day. So I can let that go and mm -hmm. then go better. Like that's what I do. Yeah. Ed. Yeah. So I actually just had a, I just went through uh, a bit of stress a few months ago and my macros didn't change at all. And I think I gained seven pounds um, and it stayed there for a long time until I did another fat loss cycle. So it just goes to show how much it could impact your body composition and your weight. So um, yeah, what I found to be super helpful was I started doing guided meditation again. I used um, Calm, the Calm app. I did that in the morning. Um, I have a Fitbit, so I did that two minute relaxation um, exercise that they do where it's like deep breathing exercising. That really helps. And then I would also do a little bit of journaling, like three things that happened in the last 24 hours that made me feel better um, or something good that happened throughout the day. And then at night, I try to set some time uh, for myself to read a book or hang out with friends or, you know, family and stuff like that. So just trying to put aside um, time for just yourself or to do things that will make you really happy. I think all of those things are really important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't have to cost money. I mean, for some people it's listening to music um, mm -hmm. like it can be, you know, literally anything. Take a hot bath, you know, go for a walk. Um, I love going for a walk and listening to podcasts. That's kind of my stress relief. I do that in the middle of the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky that I work from home and I can do that. But, um, you know, things like that are, are basically what I do to help me. And it's a good point what you're saying about weight gain. Um, even when macros are the same. So, and it is something that I see. So um, if your coach is asking you about stress, take that seriously, um, as seriously as you would, you know, any other thing your coach is asking you um, and really think about maybe the effect that stress is having right now and, you know, seeing what you can potentially do about it or either just accept that it's stressful right now and, and you know, work towards reducing that stress in the future. Another thing can, that can cause stress is stressing about the scale. So I always tell people, you're gonna stress already. Don't stress about that. Stress about you know what it is. If you are tracking and you're doing all the right things and you are, know that you're walking enough and you know you're sleeping enough and you're in fat loss, like the scale will will follow. Um, but being stressed over that doesn't do you any good either. So okay, so obviously stress and sleep. Um, sleep will help combat that stress, um, but if you're highly stressed and not getting enough sleep, <laughs> then that's kind of a double whammy. Um, so I say, you know, you need seven to eight hours per night minimum. There is no ex exemptions. Um, I know some people think, oh, I do just fine on less sleep. Um, I think you would find that if you actually started sleeping, you'd realize like, oh, maybe, maybe I wasn't fine <laughs> on four hours of sleep a night. Um, you know, consider your environment. So is it dark? Is it cold enough? Um, I find light is probably, um, you know, one of the biggest factors. Um, oh, I meant to bring it. I got a new eye mask um, that actually has beads in it and it's weighted. And it's amazing. <laughs> so, like for some reason, like the weighted pressure of the eye mask is it's like, oh, making me sleep. It's, crazy. <laughs> anyway, it's like $11 on Amazon. It's got like beads. I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> um, make it super dark um, and then just understand again like like I asked you to understand about stress understand about how lack of sleep um, will limit progress so um, if you have you know you work a shift job maybe nothing we can do about that if you have a newborn not a lot we can do about that um, it doesn't mean that you won't see progress just understand that that's you know the sleep piece is probably working against you and then you know work to improve your you know, if you know you have poor sleep habits, um, like we talked about in the habits one a week ago or two weeks ago, um, you know, little 1% improvements, you know, go to bed five minutes earlier, you know, go to bed eight minutes earlier, <laughs> you know, these little small chunks uh, that you can do um, to kind of start working toward more sleep. Um, I'll throw it to Ed first this time. Yeah, so this is something that I need to work on. I've been slacking a little bit, probably five and a half to six hours. So I definitely don't feel nearly as good unless I get seven or eight hours. Uh, even nine hours would be awesome. 
Um, I think I got five hours last night, so it really sucks. But um, yeah, if you're if you're chronically undersleeping, like you're not getting enough hours, that could mess with your hormone function. Um, test you know, like your testosterone will drop if you're consistently at a lower, like sleeping very little. Um, and you're just not going to feel good. You're not going to have the energy. Your mood's probably going to not be that great. Your performance in the gym probably isn't going to be that great because that's when you're recovering. So it is so, so important to recover and try to get in a good amount of sleep and high quality sleep. So some things that we do recommend is ZMAs. Um, that's always a good thing to help with sleep, sleep quality and duration. Um, but yeah, just try to get in a good sleep routine and try to really get that seven to eight hours per night. Yeah, you're, in fact, if you didn't know this, your risk of injury goes up, um, I, I wanna say like 30%, or it's a high amount, um, mm -hmm. when you're consistently getting under seven hours of sleep. So if you find yourself injured a lot, and you know, you're not sleeping well, that can also be, um, that can be connected. Amber. Yeah, gosh, I mean, it's, it's not just about all the physical, issues that you have, but there's also emotional. I don't know about you guys, but man, I can't tolerate anybody if I haven't had enough sleep. <laughs> but uh, I know for me, my husband snores like crazy. I don't know if anybody else has to deal with that issue. So uh, even though I've got that dark room and you know it's cool and I've got all those things going for me and then I've got like the loudest man next to me in the whole wide world, like even the whole neighborhood up. So trying to work with that and how to help him so we can tone that down and I can get that. So, anyways, but no, it's um, not just the hormone issues, you know, the risk of injury and all that, but just your general mood if you don't get yeah. enough sleep is impacted. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And I probably would have moved sleep up the list, except sleep is also one of those things that is the hardest to change. Um, I find that, you know, you can go to bed, um, at the same time, you can get up at the same time, but you really have no control over how much you sleep or you have no control over the number of times you wake up in the middle of the night. Um, so I focus on what you can control um, and then, you know, work on improving that. And then ultimately, you know, hopefully you'll start getting more and more sleep. Um, but if you're lying in bed awake, like, oh, gosh, now I'm at seven hours and 49 minutes and then now I'm at I'm at six hours and 52 minutes, you know, like, like that part, you don't have a lot of, so don't let, you know, don't let the hours um, mess with you. If you find that you're getting really stressed out about what your Fitbit is saying, then ignore what your Fitbit's saying. If you're waking up and feeling rested, if you know you spent eight hours in bed um, and your Fitbit for some reason says four hours and two minutes and you're like, that's wrong. Probably is wrong. I don't know. Um, but I see that over and over. And, and if you're getting stressed about that, then, then, take the Fitbit off, I don't know. <laughs> but don't let the Fitbit um, stress you out over sleep either. So, okay, um, food quality matters. Um, you know, in a sense, like this is not really if it fits your macros, like that program, I think it's all about, you know, let's let's eat a bunch of gummy bears and make up our macros and, you know, um, that's fine, I guess, um, but that's not ideal. Um, so ideally, you know, there's an 80-20, so 80% kind of these natural whole foods, you know, and 20% for your treats or, you know, little things that you enjoy. Um, include vegetables at each meal. Um, even breakfast, I've gotten into having like some um, tomatoes or I'll have a like a fruit and kale smoothie. Um, you know, I'm trying to get vegetables in at breakfast as well. Um, Omelets are a great way to throw in a bunch of vegetables. Um, make it easy. Amber talked about these frozen vegetables. Um, I have tons and tons of frozen vegetables as well. Pop them in the microwave like four minutes. There you go. Um, and then prep those ones ahead of time that you want fresh. So, you know, if you're going to go and buy a whole bunch of cucumbers, go ahead and slice them. You know, make that easier for yourself. Um, and then don't use higher macros as an excuse to eat less quality quality food. And that is something I see and I'm not saying it's any of anyone on this webinar. Um, but sometimes somebody will say, well, you know, my macros are so high, I just have to eat a bunch of junk to get there. Um, I'll, I can have Ed talk to this, but there are ways you can eat a lot of food without eating a lot of junk. Um, and I will say that micronutrition is huge for your overall body composition, as well as just your health, your hormones, um, 
you know, hair, nails, skin, all of that. So Ed, talk about eating a lot um, and not relying on junk food to do it. Wait, you're able to do that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I sometimes get my macros into, on, on my high days for each of Perform members, I have over 600 carbs sometimes. And I could easily get under, I could get under 60 grams of sugar, uh, my fiber will be high, all that stuff by just choosing better sources of carbs. So a lot of the times people just think cal like calorically dense foods have to be processed. Not really. So rice is a really good option, like white or jasmine rice or basmati white rice. There's no fiber in there. Fiber can make you feel satiated, but that's very calorically dense and there is some good micronutrients in there. Um, then sweet potatoes or other potatoes also very calorically dense and you don't get a ton for them. Um, fruits like bananas, really easy to get in 30 carbs from one banana. Oatmeal, um, you could do like intra-shake carbs like um, Vitargo. Um, if you do a full serving, that's 70 grams of carbs. Uh, no sugar, no sodium. So, and then for fats, like you could do nut butters or use butter or oil. Um, so there's just, there's definitely ways to get in healthier sources of food and you don't have to fill them with junk food. I mean, I very rarely have junk food at really high calorie points. So, um, yeah, you, you definitely don't need to fill them with junk food. Yeah. I've, I've even heard some people say, well, I don't have room for vegetables because I have to eat all this other stuff. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I like, you know, I think like, um, five cups of spinach is, is a, I, 15 grams of carbs, I don't know, but something, <laughs> like you can still have those things. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're feeling so overly full, then it could be from too much fiber. Um, yes. we, we get that question a lot. Well, why does fiber show red? I thought fiber was good for you. Um, fiber is good for you. Um, high fiber foods are, are, are nice, but if you find yourself too full to eat more, um, fiber does mess with hunger signaling. Um, and so you might want to back off um, so much fiber a little bit and then see if, okay, well now I'm able to, to have my vegetables and my starchy carbs. Um, Amber, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, we have a fantastic food list that we can put in a review or message to you. So if you're looking for ideas or suggestions and you don't know, then just ask. I had one lady that didn't know how to cook a particular item and she asked so that she could incorporate more vegetables or, or whatever this particular vegetable was into her diet. So ask, we're here to help and be that resource. And there's also the meal planning page. So yeah. there's tons of options and recipes and whatever. Maybe you like only broccoli and you need different ideas on how to cook it. You know, there the resources are available. So just use them. We're here to help. There's tons of information. Yes. Okay. Number three, get moving. Um, so this is the biggest contribution I see where people, the divides like the people who are losing weight from the people who aren't. Um, and, you know, I've heard all of it as far as this is the most I can walk. I have a desk job. I have, you know, I, I am unable to walk anymore. <laughs> all the way from, I've got someone who walks massive amounts because she's just so like determined um, and so far she's lost 30 pounds and she like she still loses weight when she's not in fat loss. And I will say the biggest thing that she is doing is that she is walking. Um, she is moving constantly. Um, and that movement is going to push up your calorie burn without having to constantly cut your calories. Um, as team brought up this one, I'll let you talk about step bet. Um, but there is, uh, you know, you can challenge someone or have an accountability partner. Um, where you're kind of, you know, in a little friendly competition about how many steps a day you can get. Um, we talked about the cold. Um, find ways to move inside. Um, certainly when it's negative 40, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, you didn't get your steps today. <laughs> I mean, that's another one of those things like we talk about seasons and, you know, maybe it's for, there's a two-week period of time where you're just stuck indoors. I get it. Um, and that's fine. But for the most part, I'm talking about over the course of a year or six months or whatever. Um, let's find ways to move um, if you're stuck indoors, um, if you can get to an indoor track or you can get to a shopping mall or someplace where you can, where you can walk inside. Um, those are always great options. 
Um, then if you are someone with a desk job and, and, and you have to work, you know, tied to your computer, um, see if you can plan some breaks. Um, I don't know if you get a 15 minute break in the morning and then you get, you know, half an hour to an hour at lunch and then maybe another 15 minute break. Um, use that for walking. Um, I know you also need to eat, <laughs> but, you know, eat fast and then go walk. Um, I know that those of us like like Amber and Adam and myself, you know, we spend a lot of time on the computer um, and we do make it a point to get up and move around, walk around while you're on the phone. Um, you know, if you're stuck in meetings, it's a little bit different. Um, but sometimes I say, you know, we're looking at your step average over the course of the week. Um, so if you know you had two or three days where you're stuck in meetings all day, then come Saturday, you know, boom, take the family, go for an hour walk, you know, <laughs> something to kind of bring up your average um, for the course of the week um, rather than focusing on any specific day. Um, Amber, what are your tips for getting moving? Having that accountability buddy is huge. So I texted Susie yesterday and it was in the afternoon and I had 2,500 steps and her response was, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> have no steps. What is your problem? So I got up, moved, walked around, and then uh, was starting to kind of redeem myself, get my steps up. So having somebody to text and say, get up and move, like that's, buddy, <laughs> unglue your butt from that chair, go do something, is um, motivating for me. I also walk around in the house when I'm on the phone, just lap in my house, which drives my dogs bananas because they don't know what's going on. Or take my dogs for a walk in the evening if it's not super cold. But one of the things that I've been known to do, which isn't always a good thing, is I'll go to Target and wander around to get some steps. But that yeah. can be dangerous because then I buy things at Target. <laughs> you can't leave Target and not, you know, have something. So, right. but I love to go wander around stores and uh, get my steps in where it's warm. Um, that helps me. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, Ed. Yeah, so I do a lot of walking, especially when I'm on the phone with um, the other senior staff, like Susie, Amber, Paul, or whoever. Uh, so that gets me a good amount of steps. I like to park further away when I'm, I go to the grocery store or any store, really. Um, and I try to set a reminder, like every 10 minutes uh, for, well, 10 minutes for every hour to get up and do like a 10 minute walk or something. Uh, in the summer, obviously, it's a lot yeah. easier because it's nicer out, things like that. But the the step bed is really cool. So it's kind of like you set a personalized step goal, and every time you hit that, like you're you're rewarded like a cash prize, and you split it between the other people who also hit their their step count goal. So accountability is huge. Just trying to find ways to increase the steps, whether it be wandering around stores, grocery stores. Uh, whatever it takes to get your steps in, that'd be that'd be good because it's super helpful to for recovery. It'll make you feel better. It'll give you a little bit more energy because it's delivering more oxygen, which contain uh, which it delivers more blood, which contains oxygen and nutrients to your muscle groups. So you're just gonna feel better, and um, yeah, just try to get those steps in as much as you can. Yeah, and there's a reason that we we harp on it. So much like I said it really is a difference maker um, you know between people who are seeing success and then people who might be stalled um, or who haven't seen the success that they were hoping for um, and honestly it's a lot of times it comes down to this so this is your non-exercising activity which means what you do outside of exercise so you know I had a question the other day somebody said well I can't wear my Fitbit during CrossFit um, so, you know, can I just sort of estimate my steps that I get while I'm at CrossFit? Like, well, yeah, you can, except that what I'm really looking at is what you're doing outside of your exercise. You know, so if you're getting 5,000 steps and then relying on CrossFit to get you to 10,000, um, that's not really what I'm looking for. So um, it's just that in general, that movement throughout the day, um, you know, are you coming home and sitting on the couch all for the rest of the evening? I mean, maybe sit on the couch for an hour, but then, you know, get up, you know, move around, do some things while you're watching television. I have some people who will do some, you know, sit ups or lunges or things while they're watching TV. So um, trust me, there is always more you can do. <laughs> um, I've seen it. So that's how I that's how I know. Hold on. 
Now my dogs are barking because the doorbell rang. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go to number two and then I'm gonna mute myself. Amber, cover tip number two. All right, consider multiple measures of progress. We've got a couple different things that you can use in order to gauge some progress. And a lot of people get hung up on just one unit of measurement, like the scale, but there's so many other ways to see progress in just how you feel, how your performance is in the gym, maybe you're setting PRs or you got a faster run time. In photos, you can see a difference. So maybe the scale number isn't moving a whole lot, but you can look at photos and see a tremendous difference. How your clothes fit, you can see a difference in the scale, your overall energy, and other areas of progress. So maybe your mood is up. Um, there's a bunch of different things that you can look at collectively to see, how am I doing? It's not just this one single unit in a box that's a scale. That's not the only one that measures progress. Susie? Yeah, I'll agree. I had somebody say to me the other day, um, she had been very low carb for a long time and she was super excited because her hair was growing in. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. I mean, she hadn't, you know, at this point we we're still working on regulating her, her calorie intake, but I mean, so she hadn't seen a lot of weight loss, but I mean, her hair was growing back. Like, look at those areas of progress. Um, you know, do you have, um, you know, are you, are you doing better in other, are your relationships getting better? Yeah. So that makes me think, I had a lady that um, never went out to eat. Her and her husband never had a date night because she couldn't track those macros, couldn't find a restaurant that had a menu that had, you know, was in my fitness pal, just wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it, which was affecting her relationship because her husband wanted to go out and have dinner together. So um, she was able to, over a period of time, let that go and go out to eat, which has been a tremendous boost in their relationship, which then she feels better about herself and she's, it happier and connecting with her husband. And that's a huge level of progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Ed, what are some other areas of progress we can look at? Um, just how much you increase your calorie intake. So, you know, sometimes like, for instance, I have a client who started maybe, I want to say two, two months ago, maybe. And she was doing performance and she's like a marathon runner. She trains like six days a week. And she started like 229 high day cars for those that are each perform members. And now she's at 450 carbs on high day. She's still hungry. Well, now she's hungry. She wasn't hungry before. Her performance is insane now. She feels so much better. She tells me how, much, how thankful she is that she found this program. And she's two pounds lighter than when she started. Um, and she's in performance. So you have to look at that too. There are some people that say like, I don't think this is working for me and they're in performance and their weight might be up one pound, but they're also eating a thousand more calories than they were when they started. And that's a massive, that's, that's massive. Like your, your energy is probably much better. Like uh, your, your, your energy is definitely much better. Uh, your mood is probably a lot better. You're sleeping probably better. Your hormones are probably more optimized. Uh, so there's there's so many different things, but like hitting PRs, how you're fitting in clothes, uh, just your energy in general, your mood, uh, recovery. Uh, there's so many different ways to view it other than just the scale, because some people will gain a little bit of weight, but their fat mass remains the same, which means you're adding muscle, which is huge. Right. So and if you're staying weight stable yeah. and your clothes are fitting, that means you're losing more body fat and you're gaining muscle, which is that's huge. It's very hard to do. Right. So talk to your coach if you're feeling down or if you feel like you're not making any progress, because um, maybe we can, you know, help you figure out where you, you know, what you're what you're not seeing. <laughs> and then sometimes it's a matter of, you know, if you're so focused on the scale, like I had somebody just come to me eating eleven hundred calories a day and I can't cut her. I can't like there's nowhere to go from there. So I have to get her to eat more before we can cut to see weight loss. So like I kind of have to say, um, you know, I know you really will have to lose weight. You want to lose weight. It's, it's where your head is at. But right now, the progress is going to be made simply just by getting you to eat more. Um, and that's, you know, that's just a fact of life in that scenario. So I'm not saying, you know, this is, um, you know, very generic, broad spectrum. Um, but if that's kind of your history or you come from dieting that much, um, you may really have to think about what does progress mean to you at this moment.
Um, so that's why it's so high up here on the list. Um, Cause I just tend to think people don't give themselves enough credit. So if your quality of life is better, um, that's huge. <laughs> okay, so we have, um, we're almost at an hour, but we're down to our number one tip um, for success. And I don't think this is gonna be a huge surprise to anyone. Um, but our biggest tip is don't diet all the time. <laughs> okay, so, uh, you know, obviously ETP is set up this way. Um, if you weren't doing ETP reform, I would still tell you this. Um, it is my, you know, honest, um, all of us honestly feel this way. We follow this. Um, not dieting all the time um, will help you manage your weight loss, your um, body composition, um, quality of life, all of those things um, much, much better. So um, this first point that prolonged low carbohydrate intake is linked to thyroid function and metabolism regulation. And what that means is just that if you have been low carb for a long time, um, it is possible that now you are hypothyroid, meaning, you know, you might potentially need medication to treat your thyroid or just by adding more um, carbohydrates in, we can, you know, improve your thyroid function that way. Um, metabolism regulation just means your your um, your metabolism slows down. So, you know, you eat 1,200 calories a day for two years. 1,200 calories a day is going to be your maintenance level. Um, and anytime you go on vacation or anytime you go out to dinner, anytime you, you know, really splurge, you're going to put on weight um, because now your body wants to maintain weight at 1,200 calories. Um, you will see better results not dieting all the time. Um, Mainly because, you know, you are able to, you know, still have, you know, um, well, how do I want to say this? So you you know when you're dieting that there is an end to it. And so a lot of times when you're just dieting indefinitely, um, you have cheat days, you have, you know, you're mentally it's exhausting. You know, you kind of feel like um, I'm going to be dieting the rest of my life. Um, I, I find that people, when they know that they're like, yeah, it's hard right now, but it's not going to be hard forever, um, you know, mentally do better. Um, it can help prevent weight regain because, you know, you're going to lose weight and then you're going to learn how to sustain that weight loss. Um, you're going to move your calories back up um, so that you can cut them again, um, you know, that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, then you'll see this is kind of what we talk about in the adaptation prevention. Adding calories in can cause another whoosh drop on the scale and you're able to increase strength. Um, and then it allows, um, you know, for a healthy relationship with food. So like I said, you have periods where, yeah, I mean, maybe pizza and, and French fries and, and cheeseburgers are off limits, um, but that's not for the rest of your life. Um, and you'll understand that there are times when you can eat those things and, and times when, you know, your goals are different. So um, I'm going to go, uh, Amber, tell us about your thoughts on this. I mean, dieting, you're at a deficit. It's an extreme. It, it's something that you do for a short period of time. It's like going to the gym. You're not going to PR every single day. You, you have to do some work in between testing that. So. Uh, wrapping your head around that. I think the hardest part for people is the time. Everybody wants to do it now. So you did a fat loss. I took a week off and I'll do it again. Uh, whether you saw results either because you saw results or because you didn't. I, I want to do it again. And I want to do it now kind of thing. And I think people lose focus of needing that time or that break for your body to recover. And it, it's true. The, the people that have the most success hardly ever do fat loss. They, they don't because they're, they've allowed their body to um, acclimate to a higher calorie range. And then we're able to pull it down to such a deficit that that um, the loss is there versus doing a, a wash, rinse, repeat kind of cycle where your calories don't get up very high. But then we you you know, you want to lose weight. So we pull them down and then they don't get up very high and you want to lose weight. and We pull them down and there's nowhere to go kind of thing. So uh, being patient. I think it's key and scheduling it and and um, talking to your coach and, and planning it out to where it's not very often. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear. I know that's like bear of bad news. <laughs> yeah, it's not sexy, but it does work. Um, Ed. Yeah. So something to go along with that first 
bullet point with prolonged low carb intake is linked to thyroid dysfunction and metabolic uh, regulation. So I was actually reading an article on um, The Biggest Loser recently, and it kind of ties into that. So your body does adapt really rather quickly. And if you're at a very low calorie point and your exercise is really high, you're going to wreak havoc on your adrenal glands, uh, which is your thyroid. And you also, your body's gonna be so used to the amount of exercise you're doing and the low amount of calories that you need to keep doing that to keep that weight off. First thing those people stop doing those things and they try to increase their calories even a little bit, they gain weight rapidly. And they, they it's so hard for them to maintain to where they're at. So doing that long-term just isn't really sustainable. Um, eating eating at a very uh, in a deficit is just not, it's not gonna be, sustainable for you and you don't get to enjoy those foods that you like to that everyone likes whether it be pizza or uh you know whatever it is donuts whatever it is uh cheesecake something along the lines of that but um also to go add on to amber's uh talking about how things need to just you need to have patience and you can't stay can't keep wanting to be super lean all the time because if you keep doing that if you're really low calorie or you're just getting up to slightly where you're kind of comfortable, but maybe a little uncomfortable, you're not really getting anywhere. You're not going to be performing your best. You might feel like kind of lean, but your performance isn't as good as it could be. And therefore you're sacrificing muscle, potential like muscle gain or even retaining your muscle because you're not getting in a good enough workout. Your mood night mood might not be great and your sleep might not be great. So it's it's easy to sit around the, your comfort zone, but if you want to see really good growth, um, if you want to see the best results, you want to really try to push the performance piece, which is going to ultimately set you up to make you more lean if that is the goal for you. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And it's gonna, you know, if if you're used to dieting all the time, this is it's gonna feel weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, you do have to get out of your comfort zone. Um, a little bit. And I did see, you know, Brad posted some interesting information about what happens um, when you lose weight. And I saw this was like with a um, um, gastric bypass surgery, but, you know, it showed, you know, how much was weight was lost. And then, you know, everybody gets to a low number. Um, but you're that maintaining that lowest number just is not realistic. So, um, you know, whether it's you got down to, you know, 150 and now you're 155 um, and then you spend the rest of your time saying, oh, I want to get back to the, like where I was. Um, just know like the lowest you're ever going to weigh is not where you're going to end up. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just that's like that's um, I forgot what Brad called it. I had a good analogy for it, but um, there will be a little bit of bounce back. Um, but you weren't meant to stay at that super low number. So um, by planning out your dieting um, cycles throughout the year, no matter if you're, you just want to lose a little bit or you have a lot to lose, um, keep in mind that you, you do need to incorporate these dieting breaks. And dieting breaks aren't, you know, let's go have these massive cheat days and go off the rails for a month. Dieting breaks means we're just going to eat your maintenance calories. So we're going to get you to where your weight stable and find where that point is. And then we're just going to stay there for a period of time. Um, and if you're tracking and you're working out and you're walking and doing all those things, you're not going to gain weight. Um, there's a reason we call it your maintenance level. <laughs> so um, You should be able to stay weight stable. Um, any other thoughts on this, Amber? Mm -mm. I'm looking to see if we've got any questions that anybody's okay. asking, and I'm not seeing anything. So if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We will be happy to cover it. Yes. Um, like I said, we'll give you guys a few minutes if anyone has any thoughts, questions, concerns. Um, I will say my weekend is going to be full of glitter and hair bows and hairspray and, <laughs> and all that joy. What are you up to this weekend, Amber? Nothing big, nothing big since we're traveling to Chicago next weekend. So doing well, tell them why you're going to Chicago. Oh, so my daughters are competing in junior nationals for um, Olympic weightlifting. So we're headed up yeah. there for them to compete and see what happens. I know it's pretty exciting. Yeah. 
that is exciting. Um, okay, so we have a couple questions and then I'll ask Ed what he's doing this weekend. <laughs> oh, um, Megan says, Brad's analogy was to your bank account after payday. Oh, yes. Yes, that's exactly it. So, you know, you get paid and you have all this money in the account, but that's not the true number because you know tomorrow they're gonna, you know, your mortgage is gonna come out or your um, electricity bills or that sort of thing. Yeah, so that was the perfect analogy. Um, you know, think about that low number as kind of, you know, that was payday. <laughs> and then, you know, as you start to fill your muscles back up, um, you're gonna see that number come up, um, but you sit, you know, you might actually look better uh, with fuller muscles. So. Uh, Ashley right, said, what was the carb shake that Ed mentioned? Was it Vitargo? Yes. Yes. Um, there are other ones. Um, mm -hmm. Ed, yeah. do you know some of the other names? Um, yeah, there's Carbolin. I think uh -huh. that's the name of it. But I do think there's sugar and sodium. And then you could do Gatorade, something like that. But there's sugar and sodium in that as well. I like Vitargo a lot because there's no sodium or sugar in it. Mm -hmm. um, I also think high, uh, highly branched cyclic dextrin, is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, but there's no sugar or sodium in that either. So you could look that up as well. But um, that's I like it a lot. I, I take that during a workout and it doesn't cause any bloat, doesn't make you feel full and it gives you pretty good energy. So I like it a lot. I think there's 70 grams of carbs in one serving. Just yeah, two scoops. Two, two scoops, yeah. So, I mean, you could get in a good amount of carbs just from that. Yeah. Um, when I had it, I always just used one scoop. It was 35. That's um, what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it is good. It's super fast digesting. I know it kind of, you'll have, I always had to pee <laughs> right after drinking that. But, um, okay. Anything, I don't see any other questions. Add real quick, just what are you up to this weekend? Uh, the only thing planned for now is just going to see a buddy uh, that was like two hours away. We'll probably go out to eat and then I don't know what else. We'll see. <laughs> Nothing too interesting, though. All right. Well, sounds fun. I don't think we have any more questions. Um, everybody enjoy. We got Valentine's Day coming up. So enjoy your Valentine's Day. We will be back on the 22nd. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye, everyone.